What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today's guest is the one and only Gunnar Peterson, the man behind the Hollywood hard body. Gunnar Peterson is very well known because he is the Los Angeles Lakers director of strength and endurance. So he is the guy behind the scenes in the gym training the Los Angeles Lakers, the professional basketball team. But he's also really well known because he has trained a ton of different celebrities, preparing them for movie roles and things as such. He's also worked with damn near every professional athlete you could possibly work with. I mean, athletes from the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, USTA, professional boxing, tons of different NCAA sports, and then once again, movie stars. So this guy has uh, been around the block, so to speak, and he's trained some of the greats. And what we're going to dig into today is what exceptional coaching is. And it's a really cool interview because, one, Gunner is a character. And I've heard this before that he is just a funny guy to talk to and to be around. And you'll get that vibe when, when you listen to the interview with him because he jokes a lot and he makes things very funny, which makes sense of why he's such a successful personal trainer because half of personal training is being personable. Like if you're not liked, then how are you going to be successful? But the cool thing about this uh, episode is that you see why he is able to train these celebrities and professional athletes and train at such a high caliber. And it's not because he knew somebody and he just weaseled his way into the industry. It's because he's extremely good at what he does. This guy is extremely knowledgeable and he takes training super seriously. And like he mentions in the podcast, he doesn't want to get out of the gym. He loves being in the gym, and that's why he's good at what he does. He's very passionate, very energetic, and again, extremely intelligent and methodical about how he individualizes training programs. So we're going to really dig in deep on the individualization of training in general, how to get the best results, how he trains the Lakers and other celebrities, the most like fundamental components when it comes to training, how to balance your life, fitness, nutrition, training, drinking, everything like that, how he got into the industry, how he built his business. Like we go in depth with his story and where he came from and also how he gets people such fantastic results. So I'm really excited about this episode and I I really, really think you're going to enjoy this. So without any further ado, let's get on to the episode with Gunnar Peterson. All right, cool, man. So let's just kind of get into your story. I want to start with, like, where did it all start? How did you get into fitness? I was a fat kid. Really? Yeah. So it's authentic. It's hard when you deal with those trainers who've always been shredded their whole lives, great athletes, shredded, walk through the gym, and they walk out, they walk out ripped up, and they're trying to give advice, and you're like, bro, you don't understand the plight. So I've been there. I've seen, I've seen the Fat Boy movie. Yeah, that's exactly how it started with me too. So what what made that transition for you to actually finally get in shape? And when was that? Man, it's it's an everyday transition, at least for me. I mean, uh, I was 10 years old and complaining about it. And my mom said, do you want to do something or do you want to just keep complaining? And I said, I mean, really, I probably just want to keep complaining. But I said, no, let's do something. And so she took me to Weight Watchers. And I went into the meetings, which I'm not recommending or, and I don't work with them, so I'm not plugging it, but I'm just telling you the story. You know, right. she took me to a Weight Watchers meeting in Houston, Texas. And I had to stand up, say my name, get weighed, the whole thing. And, and, and that was that. And then it was, you know, after that, it was tuna fish on wheat bread mixed with mustard, not mayonnaise, fresca sodas, <laughs> and, an, and an orange and, and, and <laughs> nothing else. 
And the first week I dropped five pounds. So, you know, I was I, right then I'm like, I got this. And I immediately started cheating with ice cream sandwiches and shit. <laughs> 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 Thinking, well, if she, if she doesn't know, it's not, I'm not in trouble. Anyway, right. it was, uh, it was just, a, it was, uh, look, it's a road, right? At least it made me aware of it. I took my kids to my nutritionist out here and, um, you know, he looks at their blood and he, and he breaks it down metabolically by typing them a certain way and makes certain food recommendations and things like that. And uh, when we left there, we went to eat and my daughter ordered chicken fingers, fries, cider ranch dressing and broccoli. And I said, sweetheart, what are you doing? You just heard the nutritionist. And she goes, I know, daddy, but I want this. And I said, uh, OK, but so. The way I looked at it was fair enough. If you want it, and I've told you that it's not what you should have and what it will ultimately do to you, I have no problem with that. It's the people that are victims and they're like, but I didn't know that wasn't the right thing to eat. And no one ever told me. And I thought I could have unlimited, you know, fill in the blank if I did it before 9 a.m. And you're just going, those people are at it. Those people are, are, are they painted themselves into a corner and it's hard to get out. So if that's what she wants, that's what she wants. And then you're making the choices eyes wide, eyes wide open after that. Yeah. hundred percent. I think it's a big behavioral change thing. So, I mean, so you, so you were 10 when this all started, at what point did it turn into something that you knew was going to like be a career decision or a life changing decision as far as what you did for the rest of your life? Well, that's funny. Uh, when I started doing it, I kind of backed into it. I mean, I got into working out when I was probably uh, 18, 19, maybe freshman year in college. I dabbled in it, but still, college was still, you know, nachos and beer and pizza. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was at least, I, at least I had added to working out, so I was ahead of the game. And you know, at, at that rate, your body is everything's firing, and you know, you're burning at crazy rates. And so, so I, I was probably. Uh, gaining some lean mass but i don't think i was doing much uh from a dietary standpoint to change the diet and i can assure you that the sleep part was not on point and um i just stayed with the working out and i was then i moved i i I went to duke and i graduated and then i moved and i stopped in new orleans for a couple years which was like a giant happy hour I thought if I don't get out of this town, I'll just become a statistic. So it was just a great town and way too much fun. So I left and I came to LA and uh, one day, and I was, you know, working just little jobs here and there in the, in the entertainment industry, whatever I could do, management company, production assistant, whatever it was. And I was walking out of a gym one morning after my 6am workout and a guy asked me if he could train with me. And I thought, oh, he means as a training partner. And you know, those early morning training partners are hard to keep. So when you get them, they're like gold. And I said, I kind of looked at him. I go, yeah, sure. I said, I go early, though. And he said, okay, what do you charge? And I was like, hang on. Let me get back to you on that. <laughs> and, I, and I went and I, I, you know, I ran it up the flagpole with some friends. They're like, you should definitely do that. I mean, it's like you like that. And so I started doing it. But I still kept the job, right? So I would do it before work. And then I had another guy. It was after work. And then it was two people after work. And after a couple of weeks of this, I realized... I could do this and then two, three hours a day, two or three days a week, I'm making more than I'm making at my regular job. So I did. And then, but I didn't have any certifications. I just had everything I'd ever read in every magazine and book about fitness, you know, muscle and fitness, flex, all the stuff of that era. Uh, 
and and after a while i you know i saw some other trainers i saw how the industry was and i thought if i got serious about this i could crush this and i i got certified by ace initially and then i took as many seminars as i could from Vern Gambetta, Juan Carlos Santana, Paul Check, uh, you know anybody, anybody I could get. I would fly to Chicago for a two-day seminar. I would go to Orlando. I would go to Phoenix. Anybody I could go and listen to and learn from. And I started reading stuff that was outside my scope. I started reading powerlifting stuff, uh, Runner's World, uh, anything and everything. Every every women's magazine, you know, just to see what they were hyping or talking about. And, and um, then I got certified by the NS. And then I just I just kept doing it. I mean, I keep I still go to seminars and I try to read and, and everything. And it's funny. Um, I can stop anytime you want. By the way, you can jump in, or else I can just keep. Oh, you're on. good, man. Keep going. I, I love hearing the the background of the story. A couple of years ago, I had finished an event for uh, for Gatorade and Propel, and I was doing it with a couple of the trainers I had brought in to help me. I've worked with with uh, Gatorade and propel for about 16 years and this one guy said to me god it's so hard to get your name out there it was so much easier when you were like coming up it's just hard nowadays and I, and I looked at him and i said what oh hold on what did you just say did you just insult me i mean in a backhanded <laughs> way he did it was yeah it was like you had it easy you're right that's like saying the pioneers had it easy because there was no traffic coming across the country. Well, yeah, in that regard, maybe, but they were also in covered wagons and being attacked. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I did have it easy in terms of there was less traffic, but there were also less ways to get a message out. There were less people interested in hearing your message. There were yeah. less people subscribing to your message. There were less places to, uh, to perform your message. I mean, Come on, man. Easy. Uh, I, there was like calling people and leaving a message on a answering machine, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't know if it was easy, but it was definitely different. Anyway, I, I just uh, I look at it like if you, you stay strong and any right quality always rises in, in a stock market downturn, you know, during a recession, there's flight to quality. Everything goes towards the blue chips. Um and I think the same in fitness. I think if you remain on top of the game or striving to be on top of the game, that there's always room. There's always room for quality. I 100% agree. And I couldn't agree with you more with, because I mentor some clients and, or some trainers and, and I hear the same thing. Like it's so hard. And at the end of the day, we have so many outlets to, like you said, get our message out to post, to blog, Instagram, well, so iTunes. The other, so, the other, so here's another question. Um, what do they mean by that? So is it, are they trying to, I've met a ton of trainers and maybe look, I don't want to pull my shoulder out, patting myself on the back, but uh, as a trainer, you know, I hold my own as a father. I hold my own as a husband. I hold my own as a businessman. I suck. It's just downright sucking, but that's because I'm focused on those other things. And, and you know, the rest will come along, but I'm, I'm, I'm one of the few trainers I know who's not trying to get out of the gym. So when they say they're, they're doing, uh, there's less ways to get out. Do you mean just to build a client base so you can, uh, grind out, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 11 hours a day. Is that what you're talking about? Are you talking about there's, there's less of a way to get a message out there so you can, uh, 
create a brand so that you can represent companies or develop your own fitness training protocols. You got to decide what it is you're looking to do with it. Yeah. And I, I agree. And I think that I feel like a lot of people just bring that up as if it's just hard to generate clientele because there's so much noise out there. There's so many other people doing it. And I'm with you on the fact that I think it's sad that a lot of people create fitness businesses so they can get out of the gym or get out of fitness. Right. Well, so go back to what you said about if you if you may, if we're on the same page that quality rises, uh, if you're even in a, if you're in a densely populated area, right? Obviously, it should be easier. Granted, there'll be more competition, but a lot of that competition is uh, is irrelevant. Uh, I had a girl who reached out to me, a trainer. I get I get trainer inquiries a fair amount, and I had a girl who reached out to me, could not have been nicer, and she just said, "I want to do what you do," and I said, "Well, let's." Let's walk that back for a second. You, you want to train a lot of people all day long. You want to create a training method that you think is uh, efficient and can be done in a certain uh, amount of time and a certain amount of space and, and can translate across a lot of demographics. You want to be celebrities. You want to be around pro athletes or you just tell me what it is. And she goes, I want to work with celebrities. Okay, so why is that? Because you want to be able to tell the people back home about your story with celebrities you want you want to meet them and get autographs you want to try to shop your script that you know just let's find out because to me all those that's the wrong reason to get into training but if it's because you believe you have a training method or a protocol that's highly effective and you want to find a way to get the word out and you think by being attached to a celebrity uh that's a good vehicle okay that's uh, that's legit i'm with that um so i was listening to this girl tell me her her uh, current position where she was going. And I said, where do you live? Do you live in Edinburgh? She goes, she goes, I, I'm actually outside. I'm in the country. So I said, okay. Uh, are you in a, are you in a city? Is it rural? And she goes, well, no, in my village. And I go, I'm sorry, wait, in your village, you live in a village. And she said, yeah. I go, how many, how many people in the village? And she goes about 400. And I said, uh, what's the primary industry? And she goes, farming. And I said, look, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I mean, my parents live on a farm in Tennessee now. Before that, they were on a farm in Argentina. Before that, they were on a farm in Normandy, France. And on none of their farms is there anyone who would ever hire a trainer other than my mom. I mean, that's mainly because she wants to pay back to my industry and she'd probably hire me. Uh, I mean, that's just not the demographic that you target when you want to provide a high-end luxury service. You're, you've got to look in the right places. You know, you, uh, that's how I see it. If, you, if, you, if you're selling umbrellas, you're, you're, gonna, you're not going to have any sales if you live out in L.A. That's just how it works. Yeah. So you got to go. So going off so of I that. Think there are plenty of, so, I think, so I think there are plenty of people, but I think you have to put yourself in the right position. And if you're good – I mean, if she were great, whichever people of those 400 were going to train would probably go to her. But other than that, you know, again, she's painted herself into a corner. So how did you get started with all the celebrities and pro athletes and things like that then? Was it a matter of just 
years of just doing the best work that you saw around innovating these new things and then people caught on or did you find a way in and have that target of like I was going to work with celebrities and pro athletes someday how did that all come no, about I never had that no, no no I never had that target I never had the target I told you I'm a terrible businessman <laughs> uh, I never had the target. to me it was uh, as a fat kid I unlocked the door to a happier kid and then that was, you know, years later when I learned to control my body. And, you know, I'm sure you're going to get people say, oh, well, you should find your happiness in other ways than just your body. Okay, how about this? When I became a healthier kid, how about that? Because I felt better about myself. You know, when I was lining up in Houston, Texas for shirts and skins, I was definitely counting ahead on the line because there was no way I was taking my shirt off in PE in a public school with, you know, 80 kids making fun of my boobs. That just wasn't, I wasn't signing on for that. So you got to go, uh, I want to share this message. I mean, at the time it was, I can train this guy and this guy and this guy and this lady and this lady and this lady. And then I would see this stuff happen and I would see the, the, um, I I would see the uh, results and I would see that people got everything uh, that I was getting and, and, and I go, and it was, just, it's just powerful. Like I'm doing it. It's changed my body. It's ongoing changing my body. And if I can spread that and share that, then give me some more people to work with. I want to share it with some more people. And, and that's how it happened. And I think that people see, and this may be getting a little too corny, but I think that people see and feel your passion. And I think that comes through when you're working side by side, you're right next to them. You're always on time. You're, you're, my workouts, you know, I write them out. I print them out the night before. I've always had them prepared. I don't wing it in a gym. I have a plan for everybody. Here's what we're going to do. And it's based off what we've done the last couple of workouts and where I think we're going and what we think they've done in between. And so there's a flow to it. There's a, there's a conscientious effort that I've put in. And I think, I think people feel that. And then when they're sitting at dinner or when they're uh, in the carpool line picking up their kid or when they're on the set, they say to somebody, man, my trainer is so cool. He did this and this and this. And then that's a better testimonial than, than, than anything you'll get. And so for me, the way it happened was I knew somebody who was working as a personal assistant for a celebrity. And that person said, Hey, could you work with my client? She's got to get ready for this movie. And I played it off. Of course, like, yeah, no problem, whatever. It's a celebrity. Holy shit. <laughs> so, uh, and, and then it started, and it doesn't happen the way you think. It's not like people say, you don't get, I mean, not for me anyway, maybe for others. You don't get hired by one, and then the director meets you and says, I'd like you to train the entire cast plus every film I ever do, and please take credit for the ones I've done in the past. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It's literally, it's piecemeal. You know, it's one here, one there. You're, and it's funny who who refers. I mean, I had a lady who uh, literally works at a diner who referred a major R&B star to me because the R&B star was eating the diner every day and they were talking about fitness. And she said, oh, I know this guy, Gunner. She goes, I know that guy. I know who that guy is. How do you, do you know him? She said, yeah, can, could you actually connect me? And, and the lady at the diner, because I used to take my kids there, called me and said, could you work with this pop star? I go, yeah, let's go. So it comes from weird places, right? It's it's managers, it's ladies in diners, it's uh, it's, a, it's personal assistants, it's directors, it's studio heads. It's, it can come from anywhere. That's why, you know, 
run proper business, be a good person, return phone calls and texts on time, speak in sound bites, and and eventually stuff happens for you if you're good, if you're passionate. I, I think, like you said, as cheesy as it may sound, I actually think that's a huge a huge thing people need to focus on is just your passion and even just like your charisma, right? Like I can tell you have a lot of passion and energy from this. And I've actually read some things regarding that too, is do you feel like that's a main focus for you or like should be a focus? Cause there's a lot of young trainers that listen to this podcast, like just your energy that you bring into every single session, almost like you're putting on a show. Is that something that you're constantly focusing on? Uh, that, no, I'm not because that's actually who I am. Love so it. that's that that part's easy. But I have a friend who used to tell his his girlfriend, well, now it's his wife. Um, you know, I got a ten hour radio show tomorrow. That's what he used to call it when he had ten clients. I got a ten hour radio show tomorrow, and I laugh because he's not wrong. You are. It, sh- it doesn't have to be a performance in that you're taking on a role that's not who you are. So you're not you know stretching or flexing in that way. Right. But it's definitely a performance in terms of. You're, you're on your best behavior. If you treat everyone like a first date, right? You, you try to say the right thing. You try to convey some useful information. You stay truthful. Every now and then, there's a little bit of levity. You take a poke and fun at the person here and there, but you let them know that you're into them and that's why you're on this date. And it goes like that, then, you know, they come back. And you just never, you never get comfortable. You never mistake. They're not your friends. Look, I don't care. Oh, no, no, no. They're my friends. They invited me to their kid's birthday party. I went to their summer house. I go to their house for dinner. No, 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 no. They're not your friends. You've got to believe me on this. I've been 29 years in the game. They're not your friends. There are some that cross over and become your friends. You know, that said, if I've done, I don't even know how many thousands of hours, uh, three clients have become godparents to my kids, right? So, so okay, some crossover. But if you look at how many hundreds of thousands of hours I've trained. That's not a a giant, you know, that's not a giant return on that investment. They're great people. I've met incredible people. I've had people to my homes. I've been to their homes. I've traveled with them. But at the end of the day, if you are not delivering the service that they've come to you for at the highest level that they're paying for, they will bounce. You have to trust that. You can never take them for granted. You can never get sloppy. You can never get loose. My other trainer who trains with me, who is terrific, uh, his name is Brad Siskin, terrific trainer. But every now and then, especially when he gets tired and he cranks, you know, 58, 59, 60 hours in a week, all one-hour sessions with high-powered people, and I see him take a little break in between, and he starts somebody at six minutes after, seven minutes after. I look at him, I go, bro, what are you doing? What are you doing, buddy? You're falling. Let's go. Let's go. They deserve that full hour. This is not therapy, right? This is not the 50-minute hour. This is a 60-minute hour. Let's go. And he goes, God, I hate, I hate when you see it. And I'm like, <laughs> it should never happen. But if we keep, you know, if we keep each other on point, that's a, that's a good support system to have. How, how do you personally balance and, and keep your energy up and keep your stress low? I mean, obviously, running a business is stressful in general, having a family, and then not to mention – hour after hour of performing at your best for these people like what do you have any like specific things you do to keep balance and just make sure you're maintaining that energy uh uh, clean diet but i cheat every day but the diet is going to be like all that you you just contradicted yourself thanks no i didn't the (laughs) diet itself is clean but a little something here a little something there so i never feel deprived so when i go off 
the diet. It's never crazy departure. Can't yeah. reel it in. Oh my God, I'm spiraling. Um, I never let more than two of the wheels come off at any time. Right. So if the diet goes awry, I don't have alcohol. I don't short my sleep. I don't skip my workout. If I do have alcohol, the diet stays on point. I get my sleep. I get my workout. If I do have to miss a workout, which is rare, the sleep's on point. You see what I mean? Like yep. everything stays together. One may go off. Two is rare. Three is never ever. And I know people, all four go off on the regular. Yeah. And you, you go, well, it's easy to identify your problem. I can, I'm like, I can solve the puzzle. Here's, here's why, here's why that, here's why vacations are dangerous. Air quotes. You said, Oh, vacations are so dangerous for me. No, they're not. They're dangerous because you don't care. You don't try. You don't plan a workout. You eat everything on the menu because in your mind you're traveling and you have to taste everything. You get hammered every night because, well, you're on vacation, aren't you? And you think you're going to sleep, but you actually get poor sleep because you're in a new bed. It's alcohol-induced. You know I mean, just the whole – so all four wheels came off. So you're going to come back cranky, unrested, and bloated. That's what's going to happen on your vacation, but that's not going to happen to me. I like that, that analogy well, I, with the wheels. Well, well, I deliver by, by not letting all the wheels come off, and, and I don't ever feel deprived. And if I, want to, if I want to blow it out, I blow it out in, in one area, maybe two, but never more than that. And I, don't, and I don't resent it and begrudge it. You know, if I have 10 clients or 11 clients in a day, or, you know, I work with the Lakers. So if I'm at my gym for two people, then I'm down with the Lakers, and I'm, I'm back at my gym for four, five, or six people – I don't look at that day and go, Oh my God, I've got all these people and I got to drive down to El Segundo. Uh, I don't look at that. I think how great is, how great is this? I have all these great, highly achieving people coming in. I'm working with a pro sports team. It's like every kid's dream. Mm -hmm. And you look at it for what it is and you realize that it's easy to make it go away. You can't be, you can't be pissed at it if you're courting it, right? You can't keep going after trying to, trying to lock in a deal, trying to get clients, trying to be validated in, in the field. And then it all happens. And then you're pissed. You know, it's funny. Simon Cowell just drove by me in an Aston Martin. God, you got to love this town. That's just beautiful. <laughs> I, that's, I couldn't, I couldn't make up. I've never seen Simon Cowell out. He literally just drove by me in a black Aston Martin. I love it. And, and that you don't get in a village in Scotland. <laughs> that, that is a fact. <laughs> Oh, cool. So, dude, uh, could we get into the Lakers training actually a little bit? I'd love to hear just, I mean, obviously we can't go into depth because I'm sure things change and that's pretty specific, but I'd love to hear just your philosophies on how athletes should train because you, from what I've read, have trained just about everybody in every single uh, sport, if I'm not uh, incorrect. And I think a lot of people think everything changes so much for strength training, depending on the sport you're playing. But a lot of people also say that it doesn't change that much and it's more about just strength and functionality. So what, what does change and how are you training these athletes? Uh, I think that the, the second group is probably closer to being correct. I don't think everything changes. I think, le- I think less changes than more changes. Um, yeah. You know, you use good movements. You use uh, foundational exercises. You use multi-joint movements and then you you try to um make them fit into a sports specific format and off-season training is different from in-season training right like 
I'm not doing a ton of bench press in season for a basketball player. Last time they played basketball lying on your back, you know, that's a different game. So we will do, we will do like a standing press with jammer arms and a Soranex press. And we may do it with a, with a jab step, like step into it and, and make it more of a pop press and, and, yeah, you can't go that heavy. Oh, okay, you're right. I can't go that heavy. This is not my heavy training period. When we have 82 games, you know, that's I'm not I'm not looking to destroy everybody heavy. It's heavy enough, but I'm not. This is not a hypertrophy phase in season, right? So, um, we do we do uh, variations on deadlifts, variations on pull-ups. Um, variations on squats variations on presses of all kinds we we uh use the landmine in a lot of different ways we use uh ropes but the dynamic ropes uh, the the rubberized ones we use regular battle ropes but also the rubberized ropes and with overhead movements to them and and I'm, I'm big on all three planes of motion so a lot of rotational transverse plane stuff because they live in that plane, right? So a lot of banded stuff. I'm sure you're familiar with the the hip circles from Mark Bell, right? Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. So uh, we use those. I use those. I maybe overuse those if that's even possible. But by where we place them from mid quad to above the knee to below the knee to ankle, and then the movements we do with that, whether it's um, something that's attached to a cable, whether it's attached to a band or whether it's just a, a weighted ball or a, or a dynamic ball. So it's a stability ball with water in it, or it's a, it's a basketball. I have some basketball that I made a couple of filled with sand, but not full. So that it's sand and air so that when it moves, it's dynamic, creates different firing patterns in the core. We do all that kind of stuff. Um, and we also do activation like pregame activation. So, and that doesn't count as a, as a, one of the lists of the week, you know, and it may be like pull, push, pull, push, uh, rotate, right? So it could be uh, deadlift, plyo push-ups, plyo pull-ups, staggered stance, landmine, shoulder press, and then rotating med ball into a wall. And we repeat that twice. We keep everything in the five, six, seven, eight rep range two times through just so the body's used to the, the push so that when they, so that when they drive the paint, and they take a hit, they, the body doesn't go, wait a minute, I was napping. You know, the body goes, I got this. Right. I just did deadlifts, God damn it. And they bang. I love it. And so you're doing that before games? Yeah, we, act, we do an activation. We do a pregame activation. Um, and it's not mandatory, but it's, you know, wink, wink, encouraged. Uh, <laughs> some, guys don't, some guys are not down with the weight. Some guys want to do banded movement and then I'll do like a squat scapular rotation or like a squat scapular with a band, right? So squat, scap, uh, adduction and then uh, deep squat press and then a staggered stance row and then a pallet press uh, with perturbations and then we'll go into um, like a stability ball plank where I'll perturb that as well and, and push them as well as pull the ball and go through that twice. The whole thing lasts anywhere from, depending on the guys, six to 15 minutes, usually not 15, but they hit it and they're gone. Those are like, I'm talking about our, like our starters, our, our first and second team guys on IR. That's a different story. It might be a longer lift or maybe a, maybe a cardio, maybe, maybe a, like a conditioning focus, right? I may have somebody on a, on a, on a spin bike, on a Kaiser bike, or I might have somebody doing a running protocol on a treadmill or you know, they have to get, yes, last night we had a guy who had to get 30 minutes on the treadmill. He's coming off a concussion protocol. He was just cleared to do 
um, open kinetic chain cardiovascular. So, okay, we ran them. Uh, so, yeah, before you. How far, how far out do you, are you planning this stuff? The, in, the reason I'm asking is because obviously when we program out, we have a plan in mind. We're periodizing things. But do you change things on the fly depending on just intuitiveness? If, if a player comes in and he's just way more fatigued or just smashed than you yeah. had assumed, like yeah. are you constantly changing things on the fly? Yes. Yes. I, and, and I say it, and I, I'll put a little disclaimer down there. I reserve the right to change any of the above at my discretion. I, I'm, I, I've been in the game too long, you know, and, and you say it and you get certain things why some people, they go, well, I wouldn't do that. And you're like, look, it's a template. It's not a Bible, right? It's not, I'm not saying we, this is what it is and it's this or nothing else. And I'm going to live and die by this. I'm saying this is the plan, but you know, if, if he, if we're talking off season, right? So if a guy comes in and left the night before he had been out or he had been drinking or he ended up, his flight got delayed and his sleep was shorted or he has a baby and the baby kept him up all night or his on-court guy saw him right before we did and really pushed him today on certain things, I have to factor all that in. And maybe what I've planned for him is inappropriate. And I'm not, look, I got no, I have no ego in this. So, uh, delete, you know, restart. And here's what I, you know, give me some more detail and then I'll, 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 I'll rework this and we'll go from there. Yeah. I love that. Cause I think a lot of people read the piece of paper, what their program All is and time. assume that that's live or die by. Mm-hmm. What do you we guys didn't do these? I go, I go, right. We didn't, I watched on the two exercises leading up to that. And it was like, it was so hard to watch. I didn't want to watch anything else. So we're scrapping that. I mean, I'll just, I'll, yeah. I'll just say that. It's right? a good coach though. Well, but you say watching you do the sled push right into the push-ups at the end of the sled without getting up was like watching someone give birth. I'm not going to have you now go right into a rope series. Can't do that <laughs> to you. I can't. <laughs> Uh, I agree, man. So are, are you guys doing any type of uh, biofeedback tracking or measuring? Like, obviously, there's so many, so much new technology out there. And I know a lot of athletes are using things like HRV and stuff. Do you guys implement anything? Or is it strictly just just what your body's telling you in, in your personal eye? There are, there are a lot of things we do. Um, we have a director of wellness who does uh, body analysis, like body comp measurement. We, you know, there are so many systems in the league. There's whoop, there's um, catapult there there's so many of those that are in use and you have to take some of that data and go this is interesting but doesn't really apply or this is interesting but this guy's a freak and could go more or this guy's supposed to be fully recovered i don't understand why he can't perform and you, you have to take it all you don't want to have the the, the old uh, paralysis through analysis right you don't want to just keep staring all the numbers and end up missing the workout because you're analyzing data all day and sometimes they just need to push. So we look at data. Um, we talk about it. We have great dialogue between the strength and conditioning department, which is my department, and the athletic training department, which is uh, a guy named Marco Nunez and people with him who are terrific. And, and it's easy. And I'll go, hey, I had this workout plan. I know this guy's coming off of, uh, you know, a patella strain or a, a leg bicep contusion what do you think? Do you want me to regress it? Do you want me to do this? And he'll look and he'll go, 
see how he does, or definitely don't do that, or everything seated. Or, and and I, again, I don't have an ego in it, so I go, all right, no problem. And, that, and, and we work from there. And it has to be case by case with each athlete or, you know, you got to, they, they are individuals and you have to treat them like that, especially those guys. You know, you can't train, you can't train your bigs the same way you train the point guard. It's just, if something's gonna, some, somebody's going to not get what they need and somebody's going to maybe gonna get too much or, you know, not enough. And you don't want to do that. I think, and I'm speaking more of like general pop just because that's who I work with. But I think that that's one of the biggest issues in the industry is that the failure to individualize things. Cause at the end of the day, everybody's different from a nervous system perspective to a hormonal perspective, movement patterns. And a lot of people are, are following these template based approaches that they find online or in a magazine and it's kind of screwing them over. So when I talk to people, I go, uh, what's your injury history? Well, I did this, 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 but that doesn't matter because I was in, you know, eighth grade. Okay. What's your sports history? Oh, I did this, this, this. And you start to see patterns when they're, when they're working, when they're training with you. And you go, I know that's because you played tennis through college and you were not only a righty, but right hand dominant and you had a one handed backhand. So you're going to be developed differently than than somebody who didn't do that or somebody who had even had a two-handed backhand. So you got to look at that. And you, so I look at it like this, what are your goals uh, as the, as the person coming to train? Then where do I see imbalances? And then what do I see, you know, whether it's a static or performance, and then let's distill it all down and come to a, a goal that will also shape shift as your body will. And that we could go for that goal. Right. And you're not going to fix it overnight. Right. It's not, you don't say, look, the gutter is hanging down. Let's nail it back up. Obviously it doesn't work like that, but you know, you say, I see a lot of problems with this house. I'm going to put my best man on that gutter that's hanging down. Cause that's a damn eyesore. And that eyesore might be something like excess abdominal fat. Right. Or that eyesore might be, you've never done any lower extremity work and you're a male or as a female, you've stayed away from weights your whole life and all you've ever done is cardio. So I'm going to start, I'm going to start shoring up the weaknesses, but I'll also obviously pay into the strengths to a degree because I know there's a psychological reward. They feel good when they get to see, you don't, you don't only want to crush people in the gym physically and emotionally. Uh, that doesn't work. I mean, that's stuff's cute for television and all, but that does not work with the real, I mean, look, you know this as well as I do. That doesn't work with your clients, just berating them and degrading them and telling them what losers they are for having allowed themselves to get into this horrific condition and yelling at them. You would never have a client for more than three days. They would certainly never pay you and they would never come in the morning. You know, that just doesn't work. So you got to find, you got to, you got to pick your spots where you compliment and then you got to pick where you're, focusing without saying we're doing a ton of squats because your ass is a travesty you can't say that but you can say things like uh it's important to do multi-joint lower extremities moves to target the biggest muscle group of the body because metabolically there's such a tremendous yield for that that you'll really benefit and they go great which is trainer code for your ass is a travesty right i mean (laughs) (laughs) but you, you can't there's a way to say it where you say and you know, your upper back is so terrific from all your years of swimming that this will really help balance you out. So now you've, 
you've mentioned why you're working on the travesty, but you've built a compliment in. So you're, you're dealing with people and I'm not saying they're fragile, but they are people and you have to bear that in mind. And, and just because you're certified in X, Y, or Z doesn't mean you're anointed judge and jury and can just crush people. I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not down with that. I 100% agree, man. It's so true. So, man, it's been really good. I, I appreciate all the information. I just have I have one question left for you because I do this every time I have a cool guest on the show. I always ask a personality question. So we'll see what your answer is. So the situation is you're on a flight to Japan. So you have like 13 hours ahead of you and you have two empty seats next to you. You're right in the middle. You can choose anyone to sit next to you on this flight, alive or dead, but they cannot be friends or family. Who is sitting next to you on this flight? They can't be friends or family. Uh, so it has to be somebody who you don't know that well? It could be anybody in the world, alive or dead. Anybody you would want to sit down and, and pick their brain or talk to or hang out with for 13 hours. I'd have to say Jack LaLanne. Great pick. Would be one of them. Um, and I think this week... You go Conor McGregor, but I don't know, you know, maybe you might want to pull the ripcord after a couple hours. I don't know, but you definitely <laughs> want to go, what were you thinking? What were you doing? Why did you do that? Why did you become that guy? But if it's not him, I mean, that's, that's more of an in the moment topical. Let's run with that. Uh, if it's not him, I would say I would go with a founding father, maybe like a Thomas Jefferson or uh, somebody like that who was there at the start when, you know, some of the important stuff was being decided and written on and we're all lucky enough to benefit from that you know today great answer man i love it well dude thank you so much for coming on the show i really really do appreciate your time um I have a question do you think that's the first time conor mcgregor and thomas Jefferson have ever been mentioned <laughs> oh, absolutely <laughs> i've had a lot of guests on this show and i've never i've never heard that and surprisingly i haven't had jack jacqueline either uh, Jacqueline, I, I know, you know, I knew Jack, I, I know his wife still, and there's just, you could just listen for hours. The guy was so far ahead of his time. I'm going to, I'm going to know, watch me stretch this out. I was with a client on a, on a tour, a singing tour, and we were in, uh, God, we traveled all over Europe and we were in Italy one day and, uh, we were, we were in Italy and I, I turned on the TV in my room and, the Jack LaLanne show was on in Italian from the 60s and he's wearing the jumpsuit and he was, you know, he was that's probably where the term jacked comes from and uh, if it didn't, now it does and uh, he was standing with a chair next to him holding a book and he held the chair with his he held the chair with his left hand the book in his right hand and he bent down and touched the book to the floor then he came up and then he lifted his left leg and he bent down and then he lifted his, he, he, he freed up his left hand then he did it and then he did it with the right leg up so he's doing he's doing the contralateral he's doing uneven load he's doing a multi-joint movement and i thought he's so far ahead he's in he's in the 60s doing this in a jumpsuit encouraging in italian obviously uh people to join him and, and do this in your home, grab a book, stand next to a chair, watch me do this and repeat. And you just think that's, that's, I mean, look, I'm not going to, you know, wax romantic on you, but that's, 
that's visionary stuff in that field. That's cool. Yeah. hundred percent so, agree. It's wild, yeah. man. It's wild. So yeah. Well, thank you again. I do appreciate where can everybody find all of Gunnar Peterson's work? Uh, gunnarpeterson.com or Gunner Fitness on Instagram or at Gunner on Twitter. Keep it pretty simple. I love it, man. Thanks again for coming on the show. I appreciate you having me, man. I appreciate Cody. Thank you very much. And by the way, you got to keep Cody boom, boom. My son said, dad, what podcast are you doing today? I said, Cody boom, boom. And he goes, that's a cool name. Is that his real name? I go, well, I mean, it is now, but I don't think you wasn't a born. I read, I read where you got it. I just thought that's just very cool. You got to run with that. Oh yeah, man. It was actually funny. Yeah. I think, uh, the high school announcer at a soccer game, which was my history teacher was trying to make fun of me because I wasn't the best student and then it just, just stuck. And then I created a business with it. So I'm, I mean, it's not going anywhere no, anytime no, no, no. soon. No, it's the terrific mockery run with that, man. That's fantastic. And that is a wrap. I hope you guys enjoyed the show with Gunner. Three quick things before I let you guys go. Number one, If you are not subscribed to the podcast yet, please hit that subscribe button. Number two, if you have not left a five-star rating and review, now is the time. The more five-star ratings and reviews I get, the higher I grow in the charts and the higher I grow in the charts, the more time, money, effort, everything I can invest into this show. And the more I invest in the show, the better the content gets for you to get better results. Number three, if you are interested in any of my training programs or my individualized online coaching program, you can get all of those links in the show notes. These, this is your chance to finally get a training program that is completely customized to get you better results. I'm talking building muscle, burning fat, getting stronger, and actually moving in a functional manner. And if you need something even more individualized, whether that's training or nutrition or just the accountability and support nonstop to help you actually see the results through, you can click any of the links in the show notes. I'm sure it'll all take you to the same place, which is boomboomperformance.com, where you can get even more free content, but you can also get my training programs and you can apply for the online coaching system that is getting results around the world. Now, without any further ranting, I will let you guys go. I'll catch you next time.